Hello, pod people. I'm DA, reporting from quarantine, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we examine the controversy surrounding naming the global pandemic the Chinese virus. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So I don't think I am exaggerating when I say that this is one of the darkest times in modern history. My heart breaks every day at news of the spread and subsequent deaths of those infected with the coronavirus or COVID-19 as many call it. This global pandemic has led to tragic consequences of families being torn apart, to millions of households losing their jobs and fearing every day if they will be able to feed their families, or in some tragic cases, get to even bury their deceased loved ones. So it is very irritating to me when I hear people attempting to shift focus away from the need of our nation and communities to come together and support each other through this crisis to xenophobia and racist sentiments that divide us. So this past Friday, Bill Maher declared in his segment, New Rules, that not calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus is too PC and a sign that liberalism has lost its way. In the segment, he reminds us that scientists have been naming viruses from where they came from forever. And he goes on to list them, including Zika, West Nile virus, Guinea worm, Rocky Mountain, spotted fever, the Spanish flu, and MERS, which he calls the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. He continues ranting that we cannot have a pandemic without even getting offended, but they named Lyme disease after a town in Lyme, Connecticut, and no one got offended because essentially it's not vilifying a culture, but simply stating a fact. He reminds us that the blame does belong to China because of their wet markets and that it is not racist to point out that, in quote, eating bats is batshit crazy, end quote. And in true Bill Maher fashion, he went out to draw a parallel between saying it is okay to point out, and he shows a photo of it, but basically it is a picture of women dressed in a burqa saying that it is okay to point out that forcing a woman to wear a burqa is a human rights violation. And just as a side note, I wondered how Bill Maher feels about the Catholic Church forcing women to wear the habit in order to serve in the church and worship. I think it is easier to single out minority communities and see the same weirdness as normality in your own, but I digress. I just, I just get concerned when people have selective outrage towards other cultures while ignoring the same in their own. But moving on, he says that we can, in fact, blame China, not Chinese Americans, and we shouldn't stop telling the truth simply because, in quote, idiots, as he puts it, will indulge in their racism anyways. He then goes on to list all of the viruses that he believes come from China with this direct quote, in quote, viruses come from China like short stops come from the Dominican Republic, end quote. He concludes with the Chinese government needs to, in quote, pound down, end quote, these markets that are causing pandemics. So yeah, a whole lot to discuss here, and I'll give everyone a second to catch their breath and absorb all of that information. So let's start with what we know. Coronavirus, or COVID-19, was first reported in China in December of 2019. We know that this is a deadly respiratory illness that has spread globally and claimed the lives of over 106,000 people and infected over 1.7 million people. 
In the U.S. alone, we have over 510,000 reported infections and over 20,000 deaths. Only a little over 29,000 people have actually recovered from the virus. So let's look at the origin of the virus. Dr. Oscar Seyfried, a veterinarian at the Institute of Veterinary Pathology in Munich, Germany, is believed to have provided the first known description of the virus in 1931, which he named infectious bronchitis virus of chickens, so IBV. Scientists today call IBV gamma coronavirus because it is highly contagious among chickens. It wasn't until 1965 that David Arthur John Tyrell and Malcolm Leslie Bynoe, both scientists of the UK, discovered the coronavirus in humans, which they named B814. They came across the virus on a human embryonic tracheal organ culture that they got from the respiratory tract of an adult with the common cold. So what we know of coronavirus is that it's been around for quite some time and there are lots of different strands that they believe have originated with different animals, including pigs, cats, dogs, turkey, mice, and bats. We call this modern strain COVID-19 novel because it means that this particular strain has not been seen before. But coronavirus has been around for a while, even though the origination and strains mutate and change. Now, scientists feel pretty certain that COVID-19 originated in bats because it resembles another virus that is commonly found in bats. But although they suspect it, they do not have conclusive evidence that COVID-19 originated in China. When asked by a reporter from The Guardian if the virus was linked to the live animal market in Wuhan, China, the head of the Department of Microbiology at Monash University in Melbourne, Australia, Professor Stephen Turner stated, in quote, I don't think it's conclusive by any means. Part of the problem is that the information is only as good as the surveillance, end quote. So essentially, the idea that this virus, like any virus, came directly from China is not with certainty. It is a hypothesis, an educated guess, made with the best intentions, I'm sure, but it's not certain. So let's keep this in mind as we kind of go through Bill Maher's claims. Also important to note that they believe the mutation of the novel virus is because the bats, which are believed to be the originator of COVID-19, might have first spread the virus virus to another animal, and that's called an intermediate animal, before it was transmitted to a human. All of these theories are being thoroughly examined, but what scientists are sure of is that viruses typically originate in animals that harbor a host of viruses and bacteria and different parasites. Now, this does not discount bioterrorism, which is terrorism that deliberately involves releasing different biological agents like viruses and bacteria and insects and toxins. And this very well could be the case. But scientists largely believe viruses spread between animals and are transmitted to humans. One of Bill's claims in the segment is basically that someone ate an infected bat at a wet market and that's likely how it spread. And I definitely believe that the consumption of exotic animals could absolutely have an effect and cause a pandemic. However, scientists believe that cooking an infected animal and consuming it actually has the lowest risk of animal to human transmission as confirmed by Scott Weiss, who is the director at the University of Gell Center for Public Health and Zoonoses in Ontario, Canada. 
Viruses most likely transmit when a human catches an animal and in the handling and, of course, in the killing of the animal in which they would be directly exposed to its blood. So I say all of this because if the origin of these novel viruses are directly linked to animals, then why not call it by the animal's name? Why call it the China virus or, as Trump stated, the Chinese virus? Why not call it the bat virus? And my guess is because something else sinister is at play. Because the origins of the virus appear to be around people who live in large livestock populations. And one such country of that is, is China. Statistics show that 35% of China's labor force is in the agricultural industry. And just so you have a reference for how large that is, only 2.5% of the United States' labor force is in the agricultural industry. So for China, that means that a whopping 425 million people are agricultural workers with 200 million of China's households living among livestock. And just to draw a parallel, there are about 328 million people living in the United States right now. So imagine if the majority lived among livestock. And I say this because of what Professor Stephen Turner had mentioned earlier, that in quote, that information is only as good as the surveillance. With so many of China's population living among or with animals, they are more likely to have a virus transmitted from animal to person. And we are more likely to see and detect it from here because how rapid it can spread. But simply detecting a virus among a population of people is not cause to call it the Chinese virus because scientists themselves haven't reached with conclusive certainty that it has in fact started in China. And perhaps those that live among livestock anywhere in the world are at risk of a viral transmission from an animal simply because of proximity. Now, I am all for identifying the cause and origin of a virus, but we can deal in truth without denigrating an entire culture and placing them in harm's way or at risk. So let's look at diphtheria. Diphtheria is a bacterium that affects the upper respiratory tract where people who get infected, they experience like a sore throat and fever and in extreme cases, even death. It's largely been eradicated thanks to vaccines, but around the world, the World Health Organization reported about 157,000 cases and approximately 5,000 deaths. The Greek physician Hippocrates first described diphtheria in 5th century BC, it was then later discovered in the 1880s by a German bacteriologist named F. Leffler. It was the French medical doctor Pierre Brentonneau that named the disease diphtherite, which means leather in Greek, because they said that is what the throat looked like when a person had the disease. So diphtheria is said to have possibly originated in Europe, mainly England. However, I have never heard someone refer to it as the English sore throat or the French disease. They call it by its name diphtheria even to this day. They don't call it by a culture or race of people in Europe. Coronavirus already has a name. It's COVID-19. So keeping all of this in mind, let's evaluate Bill's assertions. He claims that scientists have been naming viruses from where they came from forever, and he mentions the Zika virus. Zika is largely known to have originated from the bite of a mosquito, and in humans, it causes fevers, rashes, joint pain, red eyes, and birth defects in pregnant women. Bill is correct that it was first discovered in Uganda in 1947 in the Zika forest. However, it 
It is not called the Ugandan infection. It is named after a forest. Calling it after the name of a forest where these mosquitoes might have lived is not the same as naming it after a people, which denotes that the virus is inherent in a group of people. When viruses only spread to people, they do not start with people. So if the argument is about being truthful to its name and origin, then accurately the virus would be called the mosquito virus. And this is also true when it comes to the West Nile virus that was identified in the West Nile district of Uganda in 1937 and believed to have originated in birds and mosquitoes. But you don't really think of a race of people when you hear the term West Nile. You do when someone says the Chinese virus. Bill mentions the Rocky Mountain spotted fever, or what some refer to as the black measles, because of what the rashes look like. It was first discovered in 1896 in the Snake River in Idaho, and is largely transmitted from a tick to a human. So what I find interesting is that scientists believe the origin of the virus originated in the good old US of A, but no one calls it the American virus, or the USA virus, even though it is reported to have spread to numerous countries, including Canada, Mexico, Panama, Brazil, and Colombia. The name points to a location in the mountains and not a particular people because the origin came from a tick and not a person. Imagine the uproar if other countries started calling it the American virus. He mentioned the virus MERS, which stands for the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, not Middle Eastern as he said in the clip, which would denote a culture of people. The Middle East is made up of 22 different countries with dozens of different ethnic groups. So the name suggests a region of discovery, even though the first reported case was discovered in Saudi Arabia in 2012. You see? We don't call it the Saudi Arabian flu. We call it MERS because of the outbreaks in the Arabian Peninsula. He mentioned Spanish flu, or what others know as the 1918 influenza epidemic, but this flu didn't even originate in Spain. The news was just heavily covered there because the number of cases was so large, and they didn't have restrictions on their press at the time. The 1918 flu is largely attributed to have originated in Europe, the United States, and parts of Asia. And just because a group of people were content to call it that for whatever reason, doesn't mean we should continue to adopt this practice. Bill Maher mockingly adds that Americans need to keep two ideas in their heads at the same time, but from this clip, it appears he is the only one struggling with one unresearched idea, and the backlash he received only demonstrates the sophistication of the American people to understand the nuances of this discussion. I wish he could keep one intelligent nuanced opinion in his head that doesn't further the cause of white nationalism and supremacy. But more than likely, he will not be anything more than he is right now. An entitled 60-something-year-old white guy who wants the freedom of getting paid to say anything and everything that comes to his mind, researched or not, right or wrong, and he doesn't want to be challenged on them or held accountable for it. And if you do, he simply dismisses it as just being too PC or hyper-liberalism. Look, I'm a millennial, and yes, Twitter is a cesspool of overblown reactionary responses that pleasures itself by going to the extremes by saying provocative things to get a rise out of people for clicks. But this isn't one of those times. So with all that said, let's look at why calling it the Chinese virus is not steeped in truth so much as it is in divisive white nationalistic nonsense. And the way we can tell is by who delivered that message. So let's look at a definition, scapegoating. 
And scapegoating means a person or group of people who are blamed for the wrongdoings, mistakes, or faults of others, especially for reasons of expediency. So let's look at an example from history. Hitler and Nazi Germany constantly spread the message that Jewish people had to be locked away in camps and ghettos to stop the spread of diseases like typhus in the 1930s and 40s. It was largely believed by those who owned slaves in America and even after slavery ended that black people were medically inferior and carried numerous diseases. That level of scapegoating leads to divisions in communities, which leads to a atrocities being committed against the scapegoated group. That's why we have to be careful with our words. Narratives like these give rise to acts of violence against particular groups, something that Bill just shrugs off, probably because he won't be the recipient of the xenophobic backlash. He's not in harm's way. He is a white male with money and a platform. He is not Chinese. So let's talk about who delivered the message of calling it the Chinese virus. Donald Trump, known for his racism and white nationalistic sentiment from the platform of his bully pulpit named the already named coronavirus, the Chinese virus. Some in his administration have even called it Kung Flu. These are tropes that denote that the virus is inherent in a particular group of people rather than in the likely origin of the virus, which is animal to human transfer. Trump is not using these terms to inform the public about the possible origins of the virus. He is using the term to scapegoat the Chinese population, whether within our borders and abroad, to distract from the disastrous and incompetent response that Trump has had towards the crisis. We all agree as a nation that China is a dictatorship with human rights abuses who should be held accountable, especially since the whistleblower, Dr. Li Wen Liang, who tried to inform the public about the outbreak of COVID-19 ends up dead after being reprimanded by police for informing the public. The Chinese government said he died of coronavirus, but there are conflicting reports as to the cause of his death. So this is by no means an argument in favor of the Chinese government. Rather, it is a direct call to action to people like Bill or anyone else with a platform to stop spreading white nationalistic sentiment and xenophobia, which will prove harmful to the Asian population. Trump has a long history of scapegoating and racism directed towards certain groups, and he uses this as a tool to stir up his base that he knows will act on it. It keeps this nation divided in the hopes it will keep him in power. From the babies that he keeps in cages, to saying that the Nazis who murdered Heather Heyer were fine people, to calling areas with large populations of people of color as rat-infested, to calling African countries shitholes. He has demonstrated a long history of singling out groups of people to deflect from his incompetence. And because he has called the virus the Chinese virus, the effects of his xenophobia have been profound. In mid-March, an Asian-American family was attacked with a knife, including their two-year-old baby girl and their six-year-old child in Texas. The suspect told police that he stabbed them because he thought that they were infecting people with coronavirus. What did he base this on? They were simply just Asian. In March, the FBI reported a surge in hate-fueled attacks against Asians and Asian-American communities. Those from the Asian community have reported being scared to even just walk in public, even just sneeze because of the backlash they have been receiving. 
they now feel singled out like they are outsiders in their own country. And that is what Trump has set out to do. Scapegoating is his brand, and it has resulted in violent actions against Asians within our borders. Violent actions that have been given a safe space in Trump's America. Acts that people like Bill don't have to run and hide from. He can use words and make names that he will never have to be accountable for, that his life is not placed in danger because of. And the fact that Bill simply dismisses all of this is incredibly disappointing and frustrating. And I'd like to know, with him calling it the Chinese virus, how does this help the crisis? How are we as a nation better because of it? Wouldn't it be more helpful if he used his platform to help those who need resources in this crisis? Are there not hospitals that need supplies? Are there not people who are out of jobs that need food? If yes, then why is the focus on renaming this virus? We didn't ask him for it. And you can't dress this up as selling truth. Bill is selling the same white nationalistic xenophobic sentiments as Trump and his brand of racist followers. And instead of giving us all a lecture on liberalism and PC culture, perhaps he should spend some time doing some self-reflection. Perhaps he will discover that speaking the truth is meant to heal a nation and bring people together and not divide them. And that speaking the truth is to inform the public and not scapegoat and place people in harm's way. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. Stay safe during this time of crisis and quarantine, and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.